I have a spiritual director I go to see. He's a man in his upper 80s, a very wise man, very helpful to me. And one of the things that he reminds me of from time to time, he says the secret to growing old is knowing when to be willing to give things up. Meaning that if you're not willing to give things up before you're forced to, then you're going to be angry and you're going to be bitter. But if you give them up earlier, it'll be much easier. He says this is one of the secrets to growing old. Now, uh, I think he's right. However, I think that this is the secret not just to growing old, but to much of life. Uh, Knowing when to give things up. How to give things up. And today, as we celebrate St. John the Baptist, we have this great example of one who uh, shows this beautiful humility, beautifully gives things up all throughout his life. He's probably one of the best models that I can think of today as we're celebrating the birth, the nativity of St. John the Baptist. St. John the Baptist uh, is, I would describe him as one of the greatest human beings of all time. We see this beautiful picture of his kind of growth and greatness, especially in the beginning of his life. He was a shining star. He was a light. Uh, His father described him as one to give light to those who sit in darkness. So bonfires are traditionally burned at this time of the year because John was the light. Uh, to, to the people. Consider about his life and what it was like, his, this lead-up, his greatness that he had. So here his, his father is, he's a priest, and it's his turn to go into the temple to offer up the sacrifices. And there's this big crowd that's gathered outside, and he goes in there to offer the sacrifices. And he's taken a long time, and everybody's beginning to wonder why this is, what's going on in there. So finally, he comes out, and he can't say anything. He can't speak. Uh, and they realize that he's had this vision, that he's seen something, heard something that has changed him. People begin talking about this. Shortly thereafter, his wife, a woman who des- the Scripture describes as uh, one of advanced age, meaning a woman who is beyond childbearing, miraculously gets pregnant. This would surely have started people talking. You think about when... Uh, The Blessed Mother got pregnant. It was uh, a virginal conception. But people could have said, oh, well, you know, she might have, you know, got pregnant by some other man or or out of wedlock. But with the mother of John the Baptist, this couldn't be. I mean, she was an older woman. It was impossible. It was a clear miracle. So people are talking more about this. And then, of course, John the Baptist is born. And eight days after his birth, all the people are gathered again, the villagers, for the circumcision. And it's at this moment that the Lord opens his father's mouth. And so people are talking about this. What is to become of this child? What's the meaning of all this? And so we see the rising star that's John the Baptist. And he grows. He's an interesting fellow. He kind of goes off into the desert. We don't know how much time he spent there in the desert. But when the time came, the right time, he manifested himself to the people. He showed himself to the people in this interesting garb, right? He wore this, he wore camel's hair, which is reminiscent of uh, Elijah, the prophet Elijah. 
He wore, you know, this, this belt, and he ate uh, locusts for food. He had this very simple food. And the people are wondering. They've been wondering for years now, who is this guy? What is he all about? And he begins to preach, and he begins to share, and teach the people, and to, to call them to repentance in these incredibly courageous way. People flock to him. People go out to the desert to see him. This is John the Great, John the Baptist. I would potentially argue that he is the third greatest human being to live, to be uh, here on our earth. Uh, There's a pious, I say this because there's a pious tradition that states that John the Baptist was cleansed of original sin while he was in utero. So you remember when the Blessed Mother came to visit her cousin Elizabeth, and the child, John the Baptist, leapt in her womb, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. The angel predicted this as well when he went and talked to uh, John's dad back there in the temple. So he was filled with the Holy Spirit while he was still in utero. He was cleansed of original sin. The, and so we have the, the three greatest human beings in existence. We have uh, our Lord, who was eternally immaculate. We have our Blessed Mother, who was immaculate from her conception. And then we have John the Baptist, who was cleansed of original sin, made immaculate while he was there in utero. Uh, the church would also kind of uphold this pious tradition within our calendar. Normally, we never celebrate a person's birth. We celebrate a saint's death, usually. We're celebrating their birth into heaven. But there are three who we do celebrate. We celebrate our Lord on Christmas Day. We celebrate the Blessed Mother, of course, her birth. And the third is John the Baptist. This is the third one that we celebrate because of this unique way that God used him in the salvation story. According to Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich, a vision, visionary, John the Baptist lived a sinless life. She looks to Luke 7.27, where it says, Behold, this is our Lord uh, quoting the prophet, he says, Behold, I send my angel before thy face, who shall prepare thy way before thee. He compares him to an angel. Angels are sinless. They don't have any sin. And this is who he's comparing John the Baptist to. According to Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich, the Lord would often talk to the disciples about the holiness of John the Baptist, about the greatness of John the Baptist. We have him quoted in Scripture where he said, Jesus said, Among those born of women, none is greater than John. Our Lord described him as a great man. When you look to John the Baptist, when you think about John the Baptist, who we're celebrating today, someone I think that's often overlooked in our church calendar, you're looking at somebody who uh, was uh, incredibly holy, a great and amazing man that we celebrate, one of the greats. And yet, not only was he great, but he was one of the most humble people that have ever lived. He gives us this beautiful example in his greatness. 
to meditate upon, to emulate him in his humility, to learn from him. Think about how he lived his life, what he did. He was not pointing to himself. He was pointing to our Lord. He pointed to Christ. He said, Behold the Lamb of God. He talked about him and said that of that man, I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. He began to uh, see his disciples who were leaving him and going to follow Christ. And yet this didn't bother John. You know, he said, he must increase, I must decrease. And John, he had this huge ministry. At the time, it was even bigger than our Lord's. His preaching, his ministry reached far and wide. You know, St. Paul, when he was go off doing his missionary journeys, and often to Asia Minor, as far as Asia Minor, kept finding these people who had been who knew about the baptism of John. Uh, this man's ministry was broad and it was huge. And yet, when our Lord came along, he had no problem whatsoever stepping aside, allowing his disciples to go to him, saying, He must increase of our Lord, and I must decrease. You know, he did all of this from the position of greatness. You know, when it comes to humility, uh, it's easy to, you know, you, if I say you trip and fall in front of people and you feel kind of stupid and you say to yourself, oh, well, you know, that was, it was good for me. You know, it helped me to grow in humility, helped me deal with my pride. And it's, you know, that's going to be helpful when you, when you do something like that. But even more splendid, even more, even greater than this is somebody who humbles himself, humbles herself, not during a fall, but at the very height of greatness. This is what John the Baptist did. He humbled himself at the very height of power, of influence. This is to be praised, a great and rare attainment, according to St. Bernard. St. John of the Cross says that however high be your endeavors, unless you renounce and subjugate your own will, unless you forget yourself and all that pertains to yourself, not one step will you advance on the road to perfection. John the Baptist is a model for you and for me of what it means to grow in holiness, uh, to think less of ourselves, to say of ourselves, I must become less, and our Lord, Jesus, he must become greater. To be willing to follow John's example in uh, humbling oneself such to the point that you're not influenced by others' opinions, that you don't desire to be esteemed by them, to be loved by them, to be honored, to be praised, that you're willing to speak hard and difficult things, unpopular things perhaps, This is John the Baptist warned of the wrath to come. He had no problem with humiliation, being despised, rebuked, forgotten, wronged, suspected. He was jailed, of course, and eventually beheaded. John is a beautiful example of saying no to self-indulgence, you know, living sparingly. When people asked John, hey, what should we do? You say we should repent. How do we do that? He said, be content with your wages, share your food, share, with, share what you have. You know, think about how John lived his life. He lived as sparingly as possible, as simply as possible. So he could be as generous as possible 
with others. You know, we ate simple foods. Eat simply instead of lavishly. You know, Americans, we love to walk, you know, run around and talk about the, the latest restaurant and the greatest food that we've had. John ate locusts, simple food, locusts and honey. Uh, instead of the latest and greatest clothes, dress simply. You know, he wore camel's hair. You know, it, it, this was kind of this uncomfortable rebuke to the lavishness of his time. You know, the soft raiments that's worn in king's palaces, our Lord talked about. It's also a sign of repentance, sackcloth, of turning to the Lord. It's a beautiful example that we have. This needs to be our prayer, following the example of John the Baptist. May I decrease, may our Lord increase. John the Baptist can be a great help to you, to me. Look to his example, hear his preaching, hear his call to repentance. Allow him to help you. Ask him to pray for you that you, with his help, with his prayers, with his example, can make straight your crooked ways, can level that uneven ground, the rough spots in your life, that you can live a life of humility, that you can choose humility, even from great influence and maybe power that you have, like John the Baptist, you can choose these humble ways, that uh, even during greatness, that you can become less, giving things up so our Lord can become more. It's no accident that we're celebrating this feast in June. We just celebrated the summer solstice, the longest day of the year, because from here on out, the days are going to begin getting shorter. This is a beautiful reminder of the life of St. John the Baptist, the life that you and I must live, how our lives need to dim in a way, so that our lords can grow ever brighter. St. John the Baptist was a great man, a humble man that calls to you still, that calls to me still, that asks us to say yes to this life of humility. So hear the preaching of John the Baptist, this great man, very probably the third greatest human being to ever have walked this earth. Hear his preaching, his call to repentance, his call to living a simple life, so you can grow in the grace of humility. Ask for his prayers. Follow his example. Be changed by his teaching. Grow in humility. Grow less. Give things up so that our Lord Christ can become more. Amen.